Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. This week at Safeway, enjoy big savings with the BOGO sale, where select items throughout the store are buy one, get one free. With this week's BOGO sale, get select meats like Signature Farms 90% lean ground beef or boneless skinless chicken breasts or thighs, buy one, get one free. Plus, select fresh produce items like one pound containers of sweet strawberries or containers of blueberries or buy one, get one free. Safeway, come in and explore and see what other deals you can find. In Sacramento, they're about to pass their massive $300 billion budget. In case you didn't hear, in just 20 years, it's $100 billion to $300 billion. Yeah, is the state that much better off? They also have this record $98 billion budget surplus, but they ain't given any relief for actual gas prices. And apparently Republicans are making another attempt to stop this gas tax increase, which takes effect on Friday that's the 2017 bill that raised the gas taxes. We tried to stop it in 2018 with a ballot measure that failed. And of course, the Democrats won't give any relief even now when we've got $6 and whatever cents a gallon gas prices. It's going to go into effect on Friday. It doesn't seem like they're going to make any attempt to stop that from happening. We'll talk about it with Vince Fong, a Republican from Bakersfield, after the news 
at 4.30 for the latest on that. We turn now to a story out of Sherman Oaks. Jessica Lewis owns a studio called Dragonfly Cycling, a cycling studio. And according to this NBC4 story, she is begging for help with the problem with homeless people around her business. Let's bring Jessica on and talk more about this. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, well, right, so tell people when this started and what you're experiencing there with your business. Uh, so Dragonfly has been open for seven years. We opened in 2015. Um, it wasn't perfect then, but it has gotten progressively worse. Uh, the homeless crisis started, started to escalate. Um, during COVID, we were doing outdoor classes on the parking lot and started being harassed by homeless people, uh, drug addicts kind of walking up and down the alleyway near where we were hosting the classes. It began then. Uh, once we came back indoors, my hope was that we had overcome the hardest thing my business would have to overcome and we could go back to uh, op normal operating procedures. But unfortunately, that is not the case. Uh, the crime and the homelessness has escalated probably month over month. Um, there seemed to be a little bit of a pullback um, maybe in like March April, um, but May and June, June specifically, I've had six incidents at my little spin studio uh, just in the month of June. Everything from a homeless person camping out at my front door with mounds of personal belongings, vomit, food, uh, you name it. We had a person defecate at the front door um, just last Saturday at 5.15 in the afternoon. Um, we've had a car broken into, one of my employees' cars broken into in the back parking lot by someone just rolling down the alleyway on a bike. Um, and, you know, if it's not specifically at Dragonfly, it is across the street at, near the drugstore, near the donut store. Um, at the In-N-Out seems to be a hub for people to hang out. Um, and at the gas station, just two, two doors down from me as well, there are, it's like constant. It, we're this constantly is, on guard. Yes. Yeah, this, this is somewhere along Ventura Boulevard. Is that where you are? It's on Van Nuys and Moorpark. Okay. Um, so we're about one block south, one and a half blocks south of, and or sorry, is, one and a half blocks north of Ventura. And is there a homeless encampments nearby, or these are just individual homeless people who just wander the area? Yeah, there was an encampment at the at Riverside and Van Nuys, and they did eventually take care of that. Um they being, I guess, CD4, uh, Council District 4, did eventually take care of that encampment and all those people and that trash is gone. But now it's just random individuals and it's different people every single day. What's this doing to, um, what's this doing to your business? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Just last week? I was going to say just last week, a client was parking at one of the meters on Van Nuys about five, you know, five businesses down and was a homeless person was chasing her and throwing bottles at her. She literally ran into the studio uh, for class in a state of panic. I was like, close the doors, close the doors, close the doors. It was, and this is like becoming a, a normal occurrence. Uh, this was on the news last yesterday. Um, I had called ABC and NBC and said, hey, can you guys get me some coverage? Maybe you can help. They showed up yesterday. You would have thought I orchestrated the whole thing. A home, another homeless guy came in uh, while the cameras were rolling. They caught the whole thing on film, harassing Six of my clients, myself, the cameraman, everyone, um, at nine thirty in the morning, on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Did they include that um, in their coverage? 
Uh, yeah, it was on ABC's coverage a little bit. You saw the guy walking in. He had a massive tattoo on his stomach that said F the police, which to nice. me was an indication that this is probably someone who has uh, been incarcerated for some hardcore crimes. Yeah. Um, these are not these are not people who recently became down and out and lost their jobs and are looking to be rehabilitated. These are people uh, who are dangerous. Are they asking for money or they just come in there and just rant or something? They rant. They come in. They, I mean, now we're at the point where we've gotten really used to locking the doors. Um, other than, you know, five minutes before class starts, we let everyone in and then we immediately lock the doors behind us. But, um, you know, they, they typically don't ask for the bathroom. I mean, sorry, they don't ask for money. They ask to use the bathroom. They ask for water or they just come and harass us. I mean, we're now equipped with a taser and we've got pepper spray wow. and we lock the doors all the time. The, the, the windows have been graffitied. It's, it's insanity. I, I, how, have you, you must have lost customers due to this. I did. Um, just a couple of the other day when they saw my post on Facebook said, I'm sorry, I haven't been in the studio. You know, one of the reasons I loved coming was that it was walking distance from my home. I didn't have to deal with parking, but I'm afraid to walk there because the, in four blocks from, you know, Dickens to Moore Park, they're harassed by five mentally ill people who, you know, are capable of doing anything to anyone at any time. And it's just not it's it's unreal. So let's talk about the city response. You're in the council district of Nithya Raman, and they claim that they I do am. send these ambassadors out there to deal with the situation. How's that working? So that uh, team, which I believe is two people, um, and they work Monday through Friday. They're not, they don't work on the weekends. Um, that started a couple months ago. And I have uh, utilized that service three or four times now. Um, yesterday was the first time I used it actually for Dragonfly. The other three times was like there was a whole encampment getting set up by the Best Buy. And so I texted them to let them know, hey, you might want to do something about this. There was another one um, by, by the gas station on the 76 station on Van Nuys and Ventura. So I notified them of that. Yesterday was the first time I notified them. The guy did, I'll give him credit, he did arrive within three to four minutes. Um, introduced himself to me and said, "Let me tell me what happened. Let me go talk to the guy. I don't understand what talking to the guy is going to do. He doesn't do so He went across the street. He had a conversation with him, came back and said, I'm really sorry you're dealing with this. The guy's clearly intoxicated. I was like, okay, and what's next? Yeah, what's Are next? Are you going to arrest him and put him behind bars? I've called yeah. the police. It took them 45 minutes to show up. Not their fault because they've been defunded. And there's a third of them on the streets that we need. Yeah, but, I... I... You know, this... this, this uh, this team, whatever they call it, this team of, of people who are supposed to address the homeless, they're, they're, they're having conversations with them one by one, trying to present them with services that are available. But as per the police that I spoke to yesterday and everyone else I've talked to, they don't want the services. And unfortunately, the law says that if they, if they turn down the services, they're entitled to loiter and to be intoxicated and to... Harassing people on the street yeah. Yeah. Um, without recourse. I love and this even quote. Even if they did get thrown in jail, we know that they'll be out in, you know, two hours. I love this quote from you in the NBC4 story where you said, you know, what they're doing, it's the equivalent of thoughts and prayers when a school is shot up. It really is just meaningless virtue signaling from them. Oh, yeah, we'll send an outreach team and they'll talk to the guy and that's all we can do. That's 100% correct. And that's why... Yesterday, I uh, admittingly spiraled out of control because once that guy said, I'm really sorry, 
to me, sorrow was like a trigger for uh, thoughts and prayers for those poor babies in Texas. And I just, I couldn't control myself anymore because it's the same answer. I mean, I have 14, 15, 16 emails that I have spent hours putting together, sending to Nithya Raman and her team. And every time I send it to them, you know, I'm like, oh, please, you know, meet Ryan. He's the newest member of the team. So be sure you CC him and meet. And it's just like, they're just rotating through people and nothing's ever getting done. I think it was eight months ago, I was promised power washers. I was like, can you at least wash the street so that like, it's not filled with urine and, and feces and vomit? Nine months, they still haven't got the power washers. Now, because of ABC and NBC covering the story yesterday, somehow the power washers are showing up tomorrow. Of course. Friday, I apologize. Um, but it's like, I posted the stuff on Nextdoor. Nextdoor takes my post down. Ah. Um, yeah, it's fully censored content. Nothing that was posted was defamatory. It was the honest-to-goodness truth. <laughs> All right, Jessica, I got to go, but I really appreciate you talking to us, and I wish you the best. Keep in touch and let us know how it's going. We hope you can hang in there, but it's frustrating. It is. Thank you so much for the coverage. I appreciate it. All right, Jessica Lewis is the owner of a cycling studio in Sherman Oaks called Dragonfly, and she has just had it with uh, what the homeless people are up to, defecating, blocking people, coming in, going on rants, threatening people. Uh, She is losing some clients, and the city of L.A. just sends out outreach teams who tell her, we talked to him. Okay, we'll see you later. John and Ken show on KFI, a chance to win money is coming up next. And All right, so Portland, I haven't been to Portland in years. My sister used to live up in the Portland suburbs, and when I went there, I found it to be a pleasant place. A little rainy, but nice and trees, lots of trees, shady. Um, there's parts of Portland now, including Northeast Portland. This is above and beyond what the anarchists and the protesters did back in 2020. The homeless problem has gotten so bad that this reporter who wrote this story for the El Segundo Times, Angela Hart with Kaiser Health News, talked to the progressive residents of Portland, and even they've decided this is too much. The way this is described, uh, she first talks to a homeless woman who is sifting through garbage and towering piles of debris accumulated along a roadway on the outskirts of Northeast Portland. Um... It says here, for miles in both directions, the roadside is lined with worn RVs and rusted boats doubling as shelter. And spilling out from those RVs, the trash and the cast-offs from this makeshift neighborhood stretch for miles. Broken chairs, busted up car parts, empty booze bottles, soiled blankets, discarded clothes, crumpled tarps. Every so often... Uh, you can see the, the piles just pop up. The homeless woman said, look at all this garbage out here. It used to be beautiful nature, but now it's polluted. The deer and the river otters and the beavers have to live with all this garbage. And the description here is, Portland's homelessness problem now extends well beyond the downtown core, creating a crisis of conscience for the fiercely liberal city that for years has been America's most generous uh in investing in homeless support services. Tents and tarps increasingly crowd the sidewalks and parks of Portland's leafy suburban neighborhoods. And they're going to tell us again, these are all our unhoused residents. They're just Portland people that fell on hard times. No, you're getting people from all over the country. You know that. The RV encampments have emerged as havens of heroin and fentanyl use. 
a community of addiction from which it's difficult to break free. Oh, we always hear that part, right? So we should just enable the usage by setting up these free places where they can come and shoot up. Anyway, um, it's remarkable how much services are available for people living homeless in Portland. Charity food deliveries, roving nurses, used clothing drop-offs, portable bathrooms, and occasional free pump-outs for their RV restrooms, all courtesy of the city. Giant disposal containers for used syringes are located in areas with high concentrations of homeless people, red portable toilets, pepper retail corridors, as well as even some of the nicer neighborhoods and parts of the city. Activists have nailed small wooden cupboards to street posts, offering up things like socks, tampons, shampoo, and cans of tuna. What has this resulted in? A worse problem. More homeless people. Cindy Stockton, who we tried to get on the show, but she tuned in and turned us down because she described herself as a longtime liberal progressive, said Portland makes it really easy to be homeless. There's always somebody giving away free tents, sleeping bags, clothes, water, sandwiches, three meals a day. It's all here. And she's one of these people that is now questioning what is our tolerance wrought? The mayor of Portland is this Democrat who I think we threw in the dumpster years ago, Ted Wheeler. They have spent $27 million in Portland since 2017 on homeless services. Under his leadership, funding has skyrocketed. This year, a record $85 million will be spent. And you read through this story and you're thinking, oh, finally, a story in the El Segundo Times that gets it. If you enable this behavior, you're going to get more of it. People have to take responsibility for their own lives. And then eventually, at the end, here comes the clincher. Portland has not invested enough in permanent housing. Oh, like the $800,000 a unit permanent housing that they're trying here? I mean, it's a nice city where I'm sure real estate in certain sections is still pretty expensive, like it is in many parts of Los Angeles. You cannot build people permanent supportive housing and not run out of money. It's just too much. It's too expensive. And that's the problem they have here. These people need to take control of their lives. They need to go where they can afford housing. They need to get off the drugs or alcohol. They need to get services for their mental illness. And they need to make changes in their lives. And they can't just continue to live in RVs. All right, coming up next, we'll be talking about California's budget. And of course, on Friday, the increase to the gas tax takes effect. That's the one they voted for back in 2017 that we tried to repeal in 2018, but the dumb voters would have none of it. We'll talk to Assemblyman Vince Fong, a Republican for the latest up in Sacramento, where apparently there's a last-ditch effort being made by Republicans, or too many of them, to stop the July 1st gas tax increase from going into effect. John and Ken show making news this afternoon. At least this guy was alive before they sentenced him. Another Jeffrey Epstein, R. Kelly, the singer, got 30 years for underage sex and sex trafficking and racketeering crimes. Coming up after 5 o'clock, my guest will be the L.A. County Sheriff, Alex Villanueva, to talk about this decision by the West Hollywood City Council to cut back on L.A. County Sheriff's deputies patrolling West Hollywood and the reasons for it and how they're spending, spending money elsewhere. It's ridiculous. So I'll talk to Sheriff V coming up after the news at 5 o'clock. And you'll also have one more chance with the keyword to possibly win $1,000. <clears throat> Got this email from a listener named Melissa. 
I'm just wondering why we keep hearing gas prices are going down every day when they are not. Like, where do you see that? So unaffordable, I no longer can afford to drive to my job. I may be forced to quit because I seriously can't afford the gas. I can't afford food. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. It sucks. I'm scared. What is going to happen to me? California is outrageous, and I'm neither Democrat or Republican. <clears throat> I have lost faith in a lot of things. We're going to talk now to Vince Fong, the Republican, up in Sacramento uh, from the Bakersfield, Kern County area. <clears throat> and he's, of course, on the budget committee. And the word is that they are going to approve tonight this uh, $300 billion spending plan. What they will not do is give you any direct relief at uh, the gas uh, pumps. They will not suspend the scheduled increase in the gas tax, which takes effect midnight on Friday. Vince, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. What can you tell us? What's going on up there? Well, we are an hour, less than an hour and a half away from a Wednesday session, which is, which is very rare. Um, you know, we are, we're in this place because, you know, the governor didn't want to engage with the legislature and with us in negotiating. And so now we're two days before the end of the fiscal year, um, and the governor is trying to jam a uh, framework that is um, incomplete and has uh, questionable priorities uh, upon Californians. And, and as you indicated before, the, the gas tax issue is front and center. In two days, the state's gas tax uh, is going up. And I think a lot of uh, Californians will be shocked and in disbelief, and they'll be rightfully upset because the governor had a choice. He could have chosen to suspend the state's gas tax. He could have stopped the increase. But by his choice and the choice of uh, Democrats in the legislature, they want and they're going to allow the gas tax to go up. Well, back in January, that's what he wanted to do, suspend the scheduled gas tax increase coming July 1st. Instead, they're saying, well, we're giving people inflation relief money. This, I mean, if you look at the tax burden, if you look at inflation, uh, if you look at uh, you know, just living in California, I mean, the average Californian is paying tens of thousands of dollars um, in a higher costs and taxes to Sacramento. And so what is uh, Newsom's answer? He's going to give you pennies on the dollar, $250 here, $300 there. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's just tone deaf to the, to the economic needs of Californians. Yeah, I mean, the average price of a gallon of gas in California is well over $6 a gallon. It's been a huge increase just in the last couple of years. They really believe that sending people $300 checks is going to make up for all the difference in the escalating gas prices. And it's also kind of dumb because when you think about it, if you actually did something like suspend the gas tax and it had an immediate effect at the price at the pump, people might recognize that you're trying to do something. Absolutely. Well, and Californians are hurting now. I mean, I asked the, 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 the governor's administration, when would the earliest time be to provide at least some relief? And their answer was October. I mean, four months is what the governor considers immediate relief when Californians um, need relief now. And, you know, the results of this, of this gas tax increase is that everything is going to be more expensive. I mean, not just gasoline, but food, groceries, electricity. I mean, everything, because, uh, you know, we rely so much on how things uh, get transported around our economy. And this is how tone deaf uh, the governor is. He wa he's going to allow the suspension of the uh, sales tax of diesel. 
but he won't do any relief for 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 those on gas. Yeah, gasoline. why do you think that is? I heard that he's going to suspend the increase in the diesel gas tax. I know those prices are even higher, but why do you think he's paying attention to that? Is it because of the whole trucking industry? We're trying to figure that out. I mean, he, the arguments he's using to uh, to justify a uh, a suspension of the diesel sales tax is the exact same reason that. Californians are using to call for a suspension of the gas tax. He's yeah. concerned about higher costs. He's uh, he's concerned about the impact on on family budgets. But I mean, he he's just what he talks out of both sides of his mouth. Yeah, you know, and again, we talked about this before, Vince. In the end, they don't want you driving your gas powered car, so this isn't the worst thing that could happen. That's how they look at it. Well. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's a little tone deaf. I mean, we, we, are, we are budgeting. We make policy in reality. And the reality of, 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 of California right now is that Californians are hurting. They are driving in vehicles, and we need to give them relief. I mean, the, the, the price of gasoline is probably the number one issue that's impacting family budgets right now. And what's even worse in this budget, as we dig through it, is that there's billions of dollars now uh, going back to, to California's high-speed rail system uh, that isn't high-speed and, and plagued with failures and structural flaws. You and I have talked about this in the past. Yeah. But even worse, this budget framework refuses to fund more highway capacity but actually seeks to reduce the amount of roads and highways in California. I mean, this is how crazy Sacramento has become. A $98 billion budget surplus. This is a $300 billion overall budget they're going to pass. This gas tax increase, which is going to kick in on Friday, is going to take in another $500 million. I mean, this is unbelievable with the way people are paying gas prices that they just snub everybody and say, we got to keep taking in this money. I mean, it makes no sense. I mean, that's why Californians are upset, and rightfully so. I mean, they have been clamoring for relief for, for months now. And in every single time we've called for suspension of the gas tax, which is bipartisan, I mean, Democrats and Republicans have called for this. The Democrats and, and the governor have just ignored the issue, and they, they, they want it to go away, and it's not going to. And, of course, they've created this committee in Sacramento that's trying to study why gas prices are higher in California, and they just got to look in the mirror. All right, Vince. Good to talk with you again. Keep us posted. I will. Thank you. Uh, that's Assemblyman Vince Fong from Kern County, Republican on the Budget Committee. But as I said, and you should tell people this, 20 years ago, the total spending was $100 billion. Today, they're about to pass the total spending budget of $300 billion. I don't think the population's increased that much. And if you look around, I don't think the quality of life, the roads, everything else about the state has increased that dramatically. John and Ken show on KFI AM 640. And coming up next hour, Sheriff Alex Villanueva of L.A. County will come on the show to talk about this vote in West Hollywood. It was three to two to cut back on sheriff's deputies patrolling that city of about 35,000 people. Instead, they're going to use uh, security ambassadors, whatever that is. Uh, remarkable because crime has shot up 137% in WeHo. It's amazing these decisions are still being made. We'll have the sheriff's comments on it, but they're going to hire 30 security ambassadors, unarmed, blue-shirted people that walk around, and they'll take care of them. When another guy comes and tries to rape a woman, 
They'll be right there to make sure she's safe. Hard to understand, hard to believe. We'll talk to the sheriff about it after five o'clock. We had talked to Carl DeMaio from Reform California earlier in the show, and they calculate that for every gallon of gas you buy, a dollar twenty-nine of that price is taxes from the state of California. That's the gas tax that we've been talking about, the state gas tax. On top of that, you have the climate taxes. Remember, in addition to passing that massive gas tax increase in 2017, they also passed a bill that would pass along to the oil companies what they were calling like a climate change tax. Well, don't kid yourself. That got passed along to you. That's just the cost of doing business for the oil companies. So they made sure you're paying it too. So now we're at about $1.29 a gallon in the state tax burden at the pump. Meanwhile, as we mentioned, they're working on a budget deal. The other aspect of this is which is worth a few minutes on is they're, they're coming up with a massive energy plan for California. Here we go again. As they try to get you out of your gas-powered cars, they want everything to go electric. But the grid is not big enough for that. We remember a couple of years ago when we had a particularly hot streak in the summer that they had to steal electricity from a couple of states. That's right. That's what they did with the power grid here in California. They diverted power that was supposed to go to, I think, Arizona and instead used it here because the last thing in the world Gavin Newsom wants because he believes he's a player now on the national stage and he's aiming to run in 24 if Biden doesn't or maybe if Biden does, I don't know. Newsom's got quite the ego. He cannot afford the state of California to suffer power blackouts. That would get the people angry. He's not worried about the votes here. He's going to be reelected in November. I don't care if there's 10 blackouts. But this will resonate around the country in bad publicity. So he's had to face a hard truth. How do I make sure that doesn't happen? Well, the Times apparently not happy in this story. He's going to rely more on fossil fuels. Oh, that means keeping those beachfront, like they put that in there, beachfront gas plants going, and they're going to keep the Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant going. That's the plan. They're going to spend money on both those things because they know there's not enough power in the grid for them to rely on solar farms and wind turbines. They also have another provision where they're going to allow the development of these type of facilities to buy, but to bypass local government opposition, environmental regulation. Of course, it's okay for our projects to bypass all these things, but apparently they're going to have diesel generators and four gas-fired power plants along the Southern California coast. They were supposed to close back in 2020. But they got to keep them going because there's a reality that they're facing here and they really don't care about you, but they believe if there are power blackouts, the publicity from this would be horrendous. That's like a third world country. No other state is suffering this situation. There were reports I heard of a couple of states that thought it might happen, but not like we constantly hear in California, it's like with everything else now, oh, fire season is year-round. Well, before you know it, blackout season will be year-round. Electric utilities have managed to keep the lights on 
since those power blackouts in 2020, barely. But, and this is the conundrum that the Times describes. You see, all this fossil fuel stuff is making the planet warmer, and making the planet warmer is turning this into droughts, which means we get less hydroelectric power. And because it's turning the weather warmer, we have a higher risk and people need to turn on more air conditioning, but we don't have enough electricity in the power grid. We may have blackouts, so we need to turn back to fossil fuels, which again leads to climate change, warmer temperatures, droughts. You see this circular cluster bleep that they're in trying to analyze this. This is the harsh realities. Like I was just talking to Vince Fong, the assemblyman from Bakersfield, they refuse to accept the reality. People have to drive gas-powered cars. They're cheaper, easier to use, and that's their choice right now. And you can't drive us off this cliff that fast, or there's going to be some kind of consequences that may be newsome on the national political scene. All right, coming up next with the 5 o'clock hour, one more chance today on KFI to win in the word you need to enter on the website, the keyword. The mayor of the mayor, the sheriff of L.A. County, Alex Villanueva, will join us next to talk about this decision in West Hollywood to cut back on the Sheriff's Department patrols. John and Ken Show, KFI AM640, and Deborah Mark has the news now. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Ugh, another pointless video call where nothing gets done. I think you're on mute, David. Uh, oh, sorry. What did I miss? IT just approved Miro for the whole company. Miro? That's the... Online whiteboard. For team collaboration, we can make these long video meetings so much shorter with Miro boards. We can share ideas, feedback, and updates on them whenever. Actually see what we're talking about? It's all online. Miro will make our flexible work setup so much easier. With one virtual space for our brainstorms, projects, presentations. Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. So I don't need to wake up for 6 a.m. calls with the London office anymore. Now you're getting it. Don't let time zones get in the way of your team working well together. See why 99% of the Fortune 100 trust Miro to get good work done from anywhere. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.